Hi, everyone. Welcome to Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know, not to know what you believe, why you believe it. What we try to encourage you with is this word that it's okay just to be wherever you are. Uh, You have other folks around you, probably some that you don't know about and certainly some that you do that are there to help you along the journey, however you travel it. My name is Nathan Whitaker. My name is Ryan Harris. And today we were getting ready to talk about another what if, what if the church lived the way that uh, we want to see in this podcast, uh, being on the frontier and discovering more about what our faith looks like and what our life together looks like. We were going to do that. And then as we were chatting before the show, we just started to think about um, our, our current situation. Um, COVID has been something that you know, so exhausting to talk about, but so needed at the same time. And it's gone through several different iterations uh, in terms of how we've been. <laughs> despair, sort of hope, back to despair. <laughs> the What I've been noticing, and I'm sure Ryan would say the same, is we're seeing a lot more fatigue than we've seen in previous iterations. Yeah, we've all been kind of tired of talking about the same thing all the time. What are the cases like um, hospitals and blah, blah, blah. With all the despair that comes with it, it's not fun to do. Um, But there's just like this fatigue. And I think what people are doing, in my experience, is they're avoiding talking about it just because they don't want to deal with the emotional heaviness of it all. What we want to do is we we do want to talk about it, not in an emotionally heavy way, but we want to ask the question, uh, what is a Christian response to everything that's going on? Or let's say, what's our Christian response? We, we're not so bold to say this is a Christian response, but um, because frankly, the grounding for what a Christian response is just, it's been totally obliterated. Um and we'll, we'll unpack that. But that's kind of what started this talk. We were musing on, well, God, what, what is it like living in this reality right now? And so we're going to unpack that reality a bit from our perspective. And then we're going to try to be constructive instead of just complaining. At least I I'm going to. I can't promise on this one, folks. I'm going to try, but I can't <laughs> promise. And uh, then we're going to try, yeah, we're going to try to get to some um, implications of what you know, at least help think through what can we do to respond to this in a compassionate, loving Christian way. Uh, I think a good place to start would be an observation that I made actually this morning as we were talking, um, because we're going to be doing uh, in our church, we have uh, All Saints Day that's coming up. So All Saints Day is the holiday after um, Halloween in the church, All Saints Eve is what Halloween is, and um, we've talked about how crazy Christians are with that sometimes. But All Saints Day is a really good day for us to remember those who have passed throughout the year to celebrate what God has done in their life and through their faith, and a reminder of uh, what who they were for the community and who they are as people. And we're going to take this All Saints Day to really focus on, yes, the saints who've passed, but also COVID. And the reason why we're doing that is we had initially planned on, uh, I'm chuckling because I have to, um, we had initially planned on having uh, kind of a memorandum, a service, a, a liturgy 
around COVID once things had passed. Because in the early days, don't know if a lot of you remember this or maybe even know this, but we couldn't even have funerals those early days. Um, we didn't know what we were facing. And now we we have a much better handle on it so we can have funerals and so forth. But there were people who were dying who couldn't see their loved ones as they were dying. There were people who, uh, even if they did see their loved ones, they didn't have the same kind of funeral with everybody because people weren't coming to be a part of that. And just the crazy um, uncertainty of everything. So we kind of missed a lot of opportunities to bring the Christian worship or Christian element into it outside of an authentic relationship way. And so we were planning on doing that when this passed. And then the American people decided to throw us for a loop, the Christian church, by saying um, no thanks to the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but that was something that kind of took me by surprise, that anti-vaxxing was such a huge thing in the Christian church. Did it surprise you? No. I mean, yes, but no. I, I think, I think, I think in retrospect, it's not surprising. But I think I agree with you that at first I was still initially surprised because there's something in me that keeps wanting to hope for better than we currently see um, on a whole host of issues. But, you know, when I think about it, looking back at it, it's like, well, you know, this this is kind of the <clears throat> fruits of the anti-science, anti um, all the other stuff of the political non like it makes sense looking at it now. So I guess I should say, yes, I was surprised. But now as I think about it, I probably should not have been. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the anti-science thing a bit before we uh, see direct correlation to the vaccine. What are some anti-science things that you learned growing up? Um, well, I mean, the, the classic one, especially when we were growing up as kids, was the creation evolution stuff, yep. which, <clears throat> you know, not just, yeah, it was that for sure. Um, and it, it was also that stuff was framed as a scientists are evil. There's an evil cabal of scientists out to destroy your faith in league with the college professors and the who were communists and the, right. you know, probably the Democrats in general. But I just mean, like, there was this idea that science, like, don't trust scientists because they're atheists and against God. Um, and I think the 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 quintessential example of that in when we were growing up and in some cases, some places still today is the evolution creation nonsense. Um, because I'm trying to think, I mean, that was the big one, I think, but it was, I mean, I remember when I was in college, I was at a church where the pastor did a whole sermon one week about how evolution was false. And he did a mm. whole, basically a lecture more than a sermon about how, this like Neanderthals didn't exist and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I remember at the time being like, wow, he really did his research. And now I'm like, it was probably, <laughs> it was definitely all bullshit. Yeah. He didn't know what he was talking about. Right. You know? And, uh, but again, that's a product of that. If we had pastors deciding that they were scientists, just the good kind, <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that's the, the classic example probably. Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh, 
anyone who grew up in the nineties, early two thousands knows that that was a huge, like uh, apologetic strain. That was mm-hmm. a huge fight locally that some people, you know, science classrooms that don't teach evolution or make room for intelligent design is what they eventually start calling creation, which is, uh, I remember 18 or six, 17, whatever high school age, Ryan doing really, uh, I am very smart answers about evolution being just a theory, you know, yep, yep. um, because that's what I was told that, you know, or that, well, if apes evolved into humans, why are there still apes? And now it's like, well, because that's how it works. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you know, but anyway, yeah. um, uh, yeah, that, and I don't think in those days, I don't, I don't know when the whole anti-vax thing started. I don't remember that being linked to a, to a Christian thing until recently with this one, but I don't know if that's the case or not. I'd have to do some research. Like it may have been before this, but, um, to, in my awareness, the the COVID vaccine is the part where the anti-vax has been linked to Christianity. I don't think think it was before that in most cases. The the HPV one for young women. Oh, I just sort of remember that because there was the whole we hate women and sex is bad stuff. Right. Right. And so let's just teach girls not to have sex instead of having the vaccine. That's close. I mean, it's not anti-vax by any stretch. It's anti-that vax um, for quote unquote moral reasons. Um. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember it being there. I remember in my own mind, um, the evolution creation thing growing up. And then I went to college at a quote unquote secular university, which by the way, is usually much better than a Christian university. Um, to a Christian one. He's right. (laughs) Uh, what I started to hear and formulate in my mind is that evolution was just, Uh, There's a lot of science to it, but it overstretched in the narrative department. In other words, to to, um, create this narrative of the history of mankind through the geological records, the fossil records, whatever, was a bit of a stretch. And I think one of the key things in my upbringing was Lucy um, and uh, other... Uh, I don't know what were they Neanderthals? Is Lucy a Neanderthal? Well, I don't. I mean, Neanderthal. They were Australopithecus. Like I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. all those things. Yeah. But basically, the long and the short of it is that those fossil uh, records are amalgamations of fossils rather than uh, you know a, a living or <laughs> a set. Uh, in other words, that they they could have been pig. That was light. I, I heard a lot about Lucy. Is there's some pig bones in there? Wow, um, so misogyny even there, huh? <laughs> but in my mind, it was more like, okay, so evolution. Clearly, there's something true there. Especially, you know, you get in the micro macro whole conversation. In the micro way, certainly things change. It's hard to admit that it, it doesn't. Um, I know. It gets done by many Christians. But in my experience, it was more science is reaching beyond its, uh, let's use a philosophical term, its language game. So it's going beyond what uh, they're authorized to talk about. And they're talking by whom? Well, yeah, I know. But it's just God, I'm sure. For me, I'm trying to be very careful and not say 
I don't think it was anti-science for me at that time and the circles that I ran in and the way I understood the word. It was more, uh, yes, be super cautious about science. That That's where I would agree 100%. Like, um, they're stepping outside their bounds. There was that whole, like, oh, science is taking over for religion. We won't need religion anymore because yeah. of science and that kind of stuff. But to say that science wasn't respected in my, my experience, that was not the case all through most of my life, really up into the last, what, maybe decade or so. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, you make a good point. It's kind of, now that I think about it, it's, it's weird because I don't think it started as anti-science in general. Um, I think it's, started with anti-evolution, which then somehow morphed into science in general. Because like, I don't remember ever feeling like anything I learned in chemistry class was bad. Right. Yeah. Or I never took physics because I'm bad at numbers, but I, you know, I don't, (laughs) that was never, it was not, it was not that it was even like stuff I learned in biology about you know, just yeah, cells and, and yeah, it squares mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff was fine. The mitochondria is, is the powerhouse the of right. the cell. Yeah, that's right. But <laughs> the only, but but it was always about evolution, right? Because right. all that kind of stuff. And then I think as time has gone on, that has turned into um, it's not just about evolution anymore. If it ever, I mean, maybe it was more than that, but certainly now it's it's almost entirely like. Um, well, I mean, that's, I mean, look, look around you these days, right? We have people who know nothing about science claiming to know more than the scientists about science, but science is evil. We don't follow science. Right. Um, I saw it kind of unfolding or let's say unraveling around climate change, global warming. When that first came up, Mm -hmm. that started to, because creation evolution did have a political edge to it. Uh, a bit, at least in my recollection, I was younger, so I wasn't as politically aware. But as I was in college and a little beyond that, climate change or at the time global warming was starting to be a thing. And boy, people were really politically upset about that. They were mm-hmm. some people voted against folks just because they believed in climate change. Um, some people, of course, um, really advocated for not teaching that. And it started to be, in my memory, that started to be a discrediting of scientists Mm -hmm. rather than science at that point. First, it was a theory, and then it was a discrediting of scientists of, well, they're looking at the data wrong. uh, And there were lots of different things like- (laughs) Right. um, And my my Aunt Sally on Facebook, she's got the (laughs) the real data. Yeah. Uh Well, a lot of people I remember said, well, you're talking about recorded history. There's a lot more of history that's not recorded would be something people would say. You should see the look on my face right now. (laughs) It was just awful. But that was anti, certainly anti-scientist. I think you're right. That's a good point. I hadn't until you like, I hadn't really put those two together, but I think, I think that was a, that was at least in my experience, the, the, the global warming slash climate change stuff, I think started as a more socio-political thing. Um, And then I think became folded into the, I mean, I think there was a religious dimension to it 
in my world because, and we'll probably talk about this more someday, but the idea that, well, the earth is going to burn anyway, so we don't need to mm -hmm. take care of it, right? But yeah. I think as time has gone on, uh, the evolution stuff, the climate change stuff, the anti-vax stuff, like all of that has kind of folded into this anti-science thing that we see now. Yeah. Um, there's probably other things too, but I think, I don't think that they all started um, that way, but they do seem to have uh, conflated into one awful, terrible ball of badness. <laughs> and that's why I was surprised by the anti-vax because it seemed to me it was either sociopolitically driven or ideologically driven. And yes, anti-vax is both, but it did never seem to say science was wrong. It was always the narrative they're trying to tell is overreaching or when it came to scientists, oh, we've got a bad apple or a bad bunch of apples and we need to find the right scientists. Mm. And now I can see all the connections, of course, to anti-vax, but going through those to actually leap and say the crazy shit that's being said now, gargling iodine, <laughs> drinking turpentine. Uh, I mean, my favorite is taking uh, equine dosage, dosage levels of horse dewormer. Now, <laughs> I have found out that that is a medicine that they do use for humans. For parasites, In human-sized yeah. doses. Right. Did you know that horses are a lot bigger than humans? <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's just batshit crazy. And... And I feel I bad look, for the horses who's, who've got worms and can't get dewormed know, now because right? morons are taking their deworming <laughs> pills. Sorry. Yeah, soon we'll we'll be out of we'll have paintings or painted surfaces. We'll want to get the paint off, and we can't because yeah. And you know what? You Christian types who are anti-vax are gonna they're gonna ruin horses. We're not gonna have horses in the world, which isn't really my thing. But you know, I like them existing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problem with them yeah. existing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's been kind of crazy. Um, the, the response to vaccination from Christians. Well, but I think there's one, there's something else that is very related, but also part of this. Um, okay. I think it started with the scientists, science stuff and it's still there, but I think there's, there's, very much a, and this is partly an American thing. This isn't just a like evangelical conservative Christian thing, but there has developed very much a, not just suspicion of, but outright hostility towards experts in anything. Mm. Um, you know, there's this idea that the quote experts are liberal elites or atheists or whatever, yeah. usually both. Right. Um, so it doesn't matter that the Communist. Centers for Disease Control say this because, well, they're, what do they know? They don't know anything, you know? Um, I mean, after all, what would an epidemiologist know about diseases? Nothing. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, I think that start, I think that probably has its roots, one, in just American culture being, yeah, you right. know, but also I think it has roots in the anti-science stuff. You know, we, we were taught, for a long time now to not trust scientists. Yeah. And now when we need to trust scientists, we say, well, no, we don't trust scientists. Yeah. And, you know, so, but I mean, it's not just science. It's not just doctors. It's, I mean, it's climate people, it's uh, professors, it's uh, honestly, it's experts in anything. 
it's like, it feels like the internet and social media has given everybody the idea that they are somehow just as expert as an expert in everything. Um, you know, that their 15 minutes of Googling makes them just as qualified as Dr. Fauci to, to make pronouncements about, <laughs> well, anything. And, uh, you know, the guy who's been working on epidemics for 50 years or yeah, something. Right. Like, uh, anyway, but I think that, that who mistrust- probably dreams of viruses. Oh gosh. Like <laughs> that guy is a fucking hero. I hope we put up a statue of yeah. him somewhere, but, um, like he was, he started working on the AIDS epidemic in the eighties. You know, before they even knew what it was, yeah. he was one of. Yeah. Anyway, um, that this idea that there's a mistrust, but not just a like a distrust of experts, but like a like a hostility towards mm-hmm. experts in anything. And there's lots you could talk about about how, in some cases, the experts really didn't help themselves. <laughs> in that, you know, they played into some stereotypes and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But regardless, I think that's very much involved in all of this, too, of like mm-hmm. the we don't trust experts unless they're a pastor on television, I guess. I don't know. They're, I guess pastors yeah. are allowed to be experts, but they're the only ones. But even then, if you talk about vaccines. Right. Unless the pastor disagrees with me, then they're right. Then they're not. Yeah. So the passage that comes to mind a lot for me these days is. Second Timothy, of course it is Second Timothy, because Lutherans love Timothy. Well, don't we all? <laughs> all right, so Second Timothy 4, 3. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn huh. their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. You know, can I just say how interesting it's been over the last four or five years just to see the the sheer amount of projection from Christians is just breathtaking. You know, so many of the things I was told about the world and the, you know, the end times and the Antichrist or whatever, it, what take your pick. It's like, that's all shit that they're doing today, know, right now, right? all of it. You know, the projection is a It's a hell of a a drug. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why that comes to my mind. Not that I'm saying uh, that applies to them fully, but they're the people Uh, who worried. (laughs) They're the people who worried and warned about following the world, because if you follow the world, you would start to want to hear your own sinful stuff. This is where, you know, a lot of the more controversial things come up in in politics anyway of abortion hey that means you can have sex with anybody no it Mm. doesn't Mm. nobody's saying that or lgbtq issues oh that means that pedophilia is going to be happening no it doesn't come on stop this but they've been warning us about this for so long and my question is is why are you warning about stuff that's happening right now in your midst where, well, I mean, but well, that's why, because projection is a way of not dealing with your own shit, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, it, it makes a lot of sense that whatever, take your pick, whatever church you want, um, spent so much time talking about how people like me are going to turn into pedophiles while also simultaneously protecting the pedophiles right. who are yeah. abusing children in their own churches. And yeah. that's not just the Catholics. That's, I mean, a kind, across the board in churches, we know this happens and has happened and continues to happen. Yeah. 
Um, and so projection is a way to defend yourself from, no, no, that, that's not happening here. They're doing it. <laughs> it's right. like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I find myself just going crazy sometimes. Like, you just want me to stand up here and tell you what you already think is true is true. That's what you want me to do as a pastor. That's what what started all this. Because they, unless you've cultivated a relationship of trust, which I think I have with the people who are part of my congregation, um, they're not going to listen to you. And even then, they might not listen Mm -hmm. to you. Um, And that's why you see some weird radicalization happening in evangelical circles. There was a, a pastor recently who was kicked off of some platform, and he went, ape shit about it. And they recorded his sermon and his sermon was basically telling everybody who disagreed with him to leave mm-hmm. and that they would, you know, hound him down if they left. Yeah, I'll leave. I was like, um, see ya. That's pretty, that'd be pretty easy for me. I'd be like, peace. Man. Yeah. I'm done. I'm out. You can have it. <laughs> and the people he named were people. And so he would say crazy shit, right? Like I'll continue to refuse to have a vaccine or I'll never wear a face mask or this, that, and the other. And I'm like, uh, well, so it further cements my theory that evangelicalism is just a political movement and it's no longer a Christian movement. Um, but it also like highlights that as people get told what they want to hear by either legitimate sources or hucksters and scam artists who just want power and money, um, all it does is radicalize and it makes perfect sense. And that's why I think Second Timothy actually applies because, you know, as this happens, people are going to want to hear it more and more and more and crazy shit's going to happen. And Paul's warning when it does, it's going to be it's going to be shitty. <laughs> well, I only have half a thought here, so let's see what happens. This right. may not this may not work out. But, you know, I remember that verse and verses like it like that one or like uh, not being taken captive by vain philosophies, you know, all of that was always made portrayed to be like, and they're going to infiltrate the church. And then we're not going to believe that justification by faith alone or something. There's one for you all. Uh, But I mean, it was always this like very (laughs) like doctrinal thing that like the church was going to fall away from God because the insidious scientists, professors, uh, gay people, communists, Democrat, whatever, take your pick, right? We're going to worm their way in there and we were going to be taken captive by false teachers with false gospels and vain philosophies and all of this. And I'm looking around now these days and I'm seeing false teachers with what, I, I mean, I would call things that cause people to die, i.e., not just not taking a vaccine yourself, but convincing other people not to as well, Um which results in people dying. I just looked, by the way, we're up to 674,000 people just in the United States. That's 674,000 people. Should I say it again? That's that's a little more than a vain philosophy. But what, but what I'm saying is like what Paul's taught, like it, it's not hyperbole for you to bring that verse up here because this is exactly what's happening. You know, it's how many times do we hear in the New Testament about people setting themselves up against God as if they are the ones who know these things? Well, what are these false teachers doing? Exactly yeah. that. They're just pretending that, you know, they're on God's side. Um, 
And so, I, I mean, I think, it, I think it fits. It really does. It's not about false teachers teaching us that, um, you know, we got it and all of a sudden we're baptizing people wrong now. It's about false teachers teaching us we don't have to love people because all that really matters is ourselves. Yeah, and isn't it interesting? So here's the irony for me. I love this, and I hope this completes the thought or adds to it or whatever, but isn't it interesting that the doctrines, quote-unquote, that we were trying to protect got us into the shit we're in? So we had this doctrine of creation over Mm -hmm. evolution, and Mm -hmm. it created this weirdness about, okay, there's some lines that are unhealthy of what we're drawing between us and science. And then climate change talks about theologically, you've got uh, the power of man is a big thing. We're going to talk about this another time, but that and uh, some other things. And so we're talking about uh, the doctrines there that are supposedly biblical that bring us down this weird, shitty path. And then um, on and on and on, we're saying all these things. Um, Traditional marriage would be another one. And we get to this place where not only are we anti-science, and maybe this is a good pivot as well as a completion or addition, but we're also in a very much surreal moment for me as a Christian where compassion is seen as anti-Christian. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I remember... uh, Let's try not to get too much in the weeds here, but there is a recent thing at a uh, the Presbyterian Church in America, the more conservative one of the more conservative Presbyterian denominations. They had a whole thing about um, whether people who are men who are attracted to other men could be ordained or not. And these are people. I said it that way because these are people who are not in relationships, and they they believe they have to be in celibate lifestyles to which is kind of big in the pca right they have a a (laughs) well not anymore Um, but yes and uh, they had a whole conference and then that that that's what started this whole brouhaha about it but anyway the the presbytery like the whole thing their whole denomination had their yearly whatever meeting and had they have resolutions they vote on and they basically if you'll pardon the phrase came out with one that um you don't want me to pardon that page. No, I don't. It was good. Um, <laughs> except it's terrible. But um, where the resolution was, not only is it like these people can't be ordained, but they're, they're not that it's sinful to call yourself gay or even same-sex attracted. You know, all this kind of stuff. Like it was yeah, just horrible, terrible. And yeah. one of the one of the guys there said something along the lines of, "Well, but this doesn't seem very compassionate." And you know what the response was? The response was. Well, it's biblical, therefore it must be compassionate. Now, yes, that's a breathtaking tautology, but but like <laughs> that aside, um, I mean that's that's a great example of what we're talking about here. Like the answer is, what are you talking about? I'm being compassionate because I'm being quote biblical. So it doesn't matter that people are dying because it's compassionate death, I guess. You know, it's. Um, that's horseshit though that is just i know you know that word for it surreal's yeah i had this so it sounds like maybe that was one for you an experience for me was reading john piper's uh is empathy a sin that guy's a boob i know he's awful he's awful i hate whenever his name is brought up i'm like 
<laughs> this guy, I once heard him talk one time on like, I was just the quip, but he was talking about how Christianity was a masculine faith. And this, this, whatever podcast is on, the lady was like, bitch, please. The masculine <laughs> faith where the savior was, was carried in a woman's womb and nursed by a woman. And then he's got all this stuff about nonviolence and anyway. Sorry, John Piper's a boob is what I'm saying. He's somebody who doesn't know the Bible. Like he doesn't know the story at all. Um, His masculinity is not represented by a guy dying on the cross. That always befuddles me. Like that's the end goal. And of course I'm reading that as a Lutheran. So the end goal is that the guy dies and that's a masculine faith? Um, No. He dies by penetration, might I point out. (laughs) And I'm not being lewd here. I'm just saying it's a very non-masculine. And he didn't fight. And it's it's the exact opposite. Exactly. So anyway, John Piper wrote this article that's kind of infamous now. Uh, Apparently, it was an old one. I think he wrote it way back in early 2000s. And it just had a resurgence because he posted it again. And it's called, Is Empathy a Sin? And the answer is yes for him, Mm -hmm. because here's the kicker. Empathy makes it so that you think more like other people. And it just drove me crazy. Like, so you're moved to compassion because of empathy. And as a result, that's a sin because you need to be thinking more about what God wants. When God's the... (laughs) This is what's so... God wants what I want. It's so frustrating because... How can you read the Bible so, I don't want to say wrong because I don't like that word necessarily, but how can you read it and miss a majority of what the point is? Well, people like Piper don't miss the point. They enrich themselves by deluding other people. The average person, I think it's a good question. You know, I, I... I mean, sure, they've been lied to and manipulated, but even so, I mean, like, you don't got to read much of the Bible to know that this, this ain't, Jesus ain't say that, you know, like, you know, um, I think, uh, yeah, people like him, well, they're grifters and charlatans and, you know, they build an enterprise on it. Yeah. Wolves and sheep's clothing, by the way. But, um, which by the way, all those folks have gotten vaccines when they tell you they haven't almost all of them have. Uh, you know who's uh, one of the most uh, strict on vaccine requirements? Fox fucking Fox News. news. Yeah. Anyway, that's a separate issue. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I, like, I get it with the grifters, with the average person at this point when, like I said, 674,000 people have died and it's not getting better. In fact, it's getting worse. It's worse, yeah. That, you know, I mean... I don't know. Like, did the internet break people? Is that what happened? I mean, you almost wonder, right? You almost wonder it is what we're experiencing. Is it a, is it a mental snap in some way? Like a, a sociological mental snap? Like, you know, maybe humans have had a, well, I don't know if they've had a good run, but maybe they've had a run and maybe it's just, you know, maybe we're just, it's, we're just, we've proven we're, we're not up to, we're not up to it. We're not up to the task. (laughs) Well, there's something within it. One of the eeriest things I watched, it was a video on YouTube and it was this verbatim thing that we're experiencing. It was talking about how all the conspiracies, it was, um, 
that this was manufactured and given to us. It was um, space lasers. Yeah. Just a whole bunch of crazy shit. And then you find out that this was like for 1889 when some vaccine came out and you're like, wait a second. Um, No, we, we can't have always been this crazy. Like this can't. So for me, that was a clarifying point. Cause I wonder, have we had this mental snap? But also at the same time, we've been here before with previous vaccines. One of the things that came out was we were here when it came to seatbelts. Now, it wasn't the same Mm -hmm. like line between Christians and non-Christians and all that. I think that's a newer flavor to it and and why we're talking about it. But as human beings, I think we've been here before. And I think we're starting to learn how did those folks get out of it and how could we do it better. Yeah. Um, But still, like... What, what Ryan's saying is is absolutely true. Like, um, it very much feels like sometimes, okay, I guess we're just done with this whole thing we call the American project, or we're just kind of done with this thing, the American church, because we just don't care about other people. It just doesn't seem like we do. And well, it's very, it's not a good place to feel or to live. I think... A few things. One, I guess we should mention that there are also plenty of anti-vax nutcases on the left, too. Um, but I bet and there are as... also legitimate vaccine hesitation. I think that's yeah, dwindling. Who, but who, like for medical reasons, can't take them or, you know, or for people kind of color thing. who have had a, a history, especially black men and women who have had a history of medicine being uh, a way to control and hurt them. And, and even now just get railroaded by the, by the medical system today, just because right. racism, you know, yeah. but by and large though, I, I think, I think you, you mentioned the guy from 1890 or whatever is like the idea that conspiracy kook nutcase people have existed since, I don't know, Cain. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure they've always been around, but the difference I think is that it was very hard for them to be any kind of community of people like them outside mm. of things like, I mean, yeah, there were the Branch Davidians the and Waco yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. But that was, that's, a, I mean, that's a little different, but I think it may not be just the internet, but I think the thing about the internet is now those people, it's so much easier to find people who either agree with them or who, uh, you know, it's like pouring gas on the fire is yeah. what it does. And so it makes it seem like this nonsense is believed by a lot of people when it's not. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, so yeah, I don't know that it's just the internet, but I think that one thing that the internet and things like Facebook and Reddit and take your pick, all those social media things have enabled is that it's given people access to crazy in a way that they didn't used to have, you know? I like that. Uh, well, I don't like it, but I like yeah, I mean, that. It sucks, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because one of the questions that goes through my mind as I'm feeling this incredible, incredible frustration and this just like, complete abandon sometimes for the American church. I also wonder like how many of this is, how much of this is for clout, for example, Mm. it's not like for power or money, but some clout for a moment. Uh, I can guarantee you some of the pastors are doing this. They're doing it for clout. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there are of course some that are doing it for money and fame and prestige and so forth. And they're, they're just as much, I mean, they're, they're shitty too, but how much of it's for clout? How much of it is people just, uh, there's this whole phrase on TikTok. Uh, oh, so we're now saying the stuff that's meant for inside. <laughs> we're saying it outside now. We're saying you know? the quiet part out loud. The quiet yeah. part. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to delete all my rambling because that was fucking terrible. <laughs> but we're the saying important the part was the journey. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Now I have to keep that in because that's funny. Uh, um, <laughs> Yes, we're saying the quiet part out loud so much now. Um, Maybe that's what's going on. Um, It just fucking sucks. I just, I mean, you're right. And it sucks as somebody who has access to that internet all the time and can, if I just choose to, I can search. I can say anti-vax on COVID or Mm -hmm. anti-vax COVID and I can get Link to a whole bunch of shitty content. Well, I mean, people taking fucking horse dewormer is because of right. I don't. I don't know. Actually, know where that one started. Uh, hell, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't actually believe in hell. But I'm just saying, I don't know where that kind of stuff yeah. starts. But it's the perfect example of what we're talking about. Where you know, in in the days before you and I were adults, I mean, technically the internet didn't exist when I was born, but right. you know, but yeah. I'm just saying like there were people always had crazy uncle Sal who would mutter about, exactly. you know, space lasers or mind control satellites or whatever, but that was just crazy uncle Sal. <laughs> <laughs> and now crazy uncle, well, crazy uncle Sal got to be president for four years. That also didn't right. help. Didn't but help. Um, now that like people have a platform, not just for conspiracy stuff, but for validating their own terribleness, right? Um, And I don't imagine any of us are entirely uh, guiltless of that. Um, It had, like, we probably have a human thing where we try, we always try to make ourselves look as best as we can. However, there's a big difference between me, you know, telling a story about my day in a way that makes me look better and me convincing people that this life-saving vaccine that could make things better is going to somehow put, I don't know, what, fucking robots in them or something? I really don't. I don't know what the, there's so yeah, many Yeah, I don't know what I the can. concern is anymore. And it's just like, what? They don't need, why? What, what would the point of that be? I mean, they already track you with your phones that you never let out of your hands anyway. So what are you, I mean, like... Do you buy things on the internet? Yes. Do you use a telephone? Yes. Okay. Well, then they don't need to put fucking robots in you to track you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Bill Burrow was on COVID. Aaron Conan, did you see that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was hilarious because he, he was talking about one of these conspiracies. I'm going to fuck it up. So just look it up whenever you do it. I'll, I'll explain it because it's funny enough. But he's talking about this conspiracy that uh, the vaccine is meant to, you know, wipe out those who are the sheep and this kind of thing. And wouldn't you want to keep the sheep? If yeah, well, that's charge? what he said, right? Yeah. He's like, well, they're just being totally inept because they're killing off the yeah, wrong people. They're not very good at this thing. <laughs> I remember Hillary Clinton said one time after it was a while after she lost and everything. And she's like, if I'm part of some vast conspiracy, I'm really bad at it. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious now. So we've complained and. Rightfully so. What my hope is that gives voice to those Christians out there, or at least comes alongside your voice of the frustration that you've had. Uh, But let's be a little 
um, productive um, as much as we can. What the fuck do we do as Christians who are finding ourselves in this batshit crazy world where Christians are the opposite of what they say they should be, um, the complete opposite of what Scripture says we should be, and, and still we're dealing with the everyday fears and anxieties that everybody has, yet Christians are feeling this, at least if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're feeling this added responsibility of like, not saving the church, but like saying, wait a second, that's not Jesus. That's not the spirit. That's not the church. Let's, let's talk about, so what do we do? Like, how can we, I'm not asking you to solve the problem, but what's a way that we can start thinking about how do we navigate these shitty waters? How do you feel about building a moon colony and just letting them have the earth? Um, I mean, or I suppose we could make a whip of cords and start, you know, going, oh, I can't do that. I'm a pacifist. Damn it. Um, you could hire people. I mean, Jesus was a pacifist and he did that. So, yeah, there you go. Righteous anger, right? Righteous anger. I've, (laughs) I don't know if I'm still righteous in my anger about this kind of stuff, but anyway, um, you know, I don't honestly don't know for sure. I've got a part of me is very much. Uh, in the pilot mode of things, i.e. I'm washed my hands of, of this stuff, yeah. except problem is one, that's not great. It's not super Christian either, like not very compassionate, but two, you also can't, I mean, you can't like this. I mean, I go to nursing homes every day for work. Okay. So I, this is going to continue to affect me like until it doesn't. And, uh, you know, until it, I don't know if it ever gets better, but until it hopefully someday people pull their heads out of their asses and it gets better. Um, but I honestly, I, I don't know. Like I'm tired of being outraged all the time yet. Clearly I'm very outraged about it. (laughs) Um, it's been, I'm, I'm tired of being so disappointed in people who should not just should know better, but like, who seem incapable of admitting any mistake, no matter how small or large in this case, you know, Um, I just, I have a lot of despair when I think about the fact that the response from many, maybe the majority, I don't know, but many Christians, the response to more than half a million people dead has been like, I don't care. Or, maybe even worse than that. I don't, I don't know. Like, so what do we do about it? Well, first thing, this is going to sound maybe weird, but first thing is, I guess we protect ourselves as best we can. You know, we get a vaccine. We, we make sure our families as safe as, as we can. We do all that kind of stuff. And I don't know after that, like, I, I don't, as much as I want to leave the planet and live on the moon or something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, one, you can't, but two, I don't actually want to do that. There is, even with all of my invective that I've been <laughs> today, like, I don't want <laughs> things to be this way. I don't want the church to be this way. I don't, I don't want, um, I don't want to not have an argument for why the church isn't a death cult because it sure seems like it is one these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so things are not how they should be. They're not certainly not how I want them. What do I do in response to some of it is is still a struggle because like arguing doesn't seem to help, right? 
I probably shouldn't have said half the things I said because calling people idiots doesn't help either. Although, I mean, in my defense, they're taking horse-sized doses that they buy at like farm shops. Like, what am I yeah. like? I, you know, like uh, anyway. Um, so I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I, it's tempting to say, well, I guess we just have to love them anyway. But I don't even know what that means right now. You know, I really don't. Like, I, I am. Yeah. You can probably tell that I'm frustrated, but it's more than frustrated. It's like I am at a loss. I I don't know what to do. I really don't. I think that's fair. And I think that's why we needed to talk about this. Not because I have answers, certainly, but I'm in the same place. It's like, yeah, a lot of my energy is protecting those that I love as much as I can. So we have two young daughters who can't get the vaccine yet. And we are super pissed off by a lot of the stuff that's going on. Everything that we have within our control, we make sure we do. So when we're out with them, they're face masks. When they go to school, they know they have to wear their face mask the entire time. In fact, one of the main things that I argue with people is, hey, you just have your kids do it for a while and you shut the fuck up about masks. They'll just do it. It's mm -hmm. not a big deal for them. Right. Uh, do they like it? No, nobody likes the masks, but you do it for a while you know, and it's no big deal. As someone who had some acne issues in high school, I would have loved to have been able to wear a mask over half my face all day. <laughs> but, you know, I take yeah. your point all the time. When I break out sometimes, yeah. it's great to have yeah. it. Uh, and I'm breaking out a lot right now with all the fucking stress. Right. Um, so, yeah, we take care of them. We are watching for the kids vaccine. Once that happens, boy, that's going to be a change, uh, game changer. Uh, we're hoping in uh, early October is is what everybody is saying right now. Um, just just knowing we're close to early, I just had this sensation of relief hit me knowing that it was that close. So yes, I'm doing that. Uh, beyond that, I don't I don't fucking know. I don't know. Um, this is such a weird and confusing time because I've never never in my life has everything been upturned. In terms of my safety, my perceived safety, of course, it's always perceived safety, my convenience, my comfort, both of those together, um, as somebody who likes to just kind of coast as much as I can, or at least uh, control where I can coast, I can't coast in places where I used to be able to, right? So I go to the grocery store and I've got to think about I don't want to go down that aisle because there are all those fucking people there who aren't wearing masks. Um, we can't go out to movie theaters to blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Uh, used to be just, Hey, I'm out and about, I'm not bothering anyone. No one's really bothering me. And so I'm tired of that. Um, and I'm tired of having the same stupid conversations about masks, vaccines, and, compassion you frankly yeah yeah um so i just gotta say i don't know either um i will say to move maybe into thinking thinking it through processing it the one thing that i've learned in this experience or let's say i'm learning because i don't think i've gotten there is that i don't want to be like the people i criticize mm -hmm. Um, it would be so, so in America, it's really easy to do that, right? We just argue on the other side. 
and I don't want to do that. Uh, well, let me say that differently. I so want to do that. Oh, yes, of course we want to do it. But, yeah. <laughs> but I know in my desire to be who I want to be, that's not that's not the best route to take. So like you, it's like, I would love to just argue with somebody and feel good. It's very cathartic sometimes. I don't really do it very much because I can't as a pastor, but um, it'd be very cathartic to be able to just rant a little bit. Mm -hmm. However, speaking of creation and evolution. That's why we have this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) true. (laughs) But if you think of the early days of Facebook, even up until now, but certainly early days where we thought we could have informed debates on Facebook. You remember those days? Yes, I remember. And then you turned into this really shitty person, or at least I did several times. And and so did the other person. And um, so it turns out that even if I really want to do that, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the result of it. So I don't know what I'm, what I'm kind of fumbling about here is, I don't know what to do or even what I truly want, but what I'm trying to take a stab at right now, as I'm very tired, weary of all the shit that's going on, is I'm trying to learn to be more empathetic, um, to just give empathy. I hate it. I hate it sometimes. I don't want to give people the benefit of the doubt. You tell me that you're taking ivermectin, and I just I lose lose my shit, in my brain. It's like unless what the fuck? you have parasites, you're taking yeah. control of. Then yes, <laughs> please have take what your doctor tells you to. I've gone on almost forty years, and I probably would have gone my whole life not knowing that ivermectin was a thing. Yep. Um, but now I do. Or to you know, they're literally. I'm sorry, complain again, but they're literally doing the joke they're drinking fucking turpentine like that was the joke you want to be stupid go drink some turpentine uh-huh. right and they're literally doing so i don't want to be empathetic in, <laughs> in in the core but i also recognize to be who i want to be i i actually do want to be ha- empathetic again i don't know how that all works but i'm just like in this weariness that's what i'm clinging to a little bit i guess what i am still flummoxed about is that or why i still struggle with empathy for you know what we're talking about here is that like i don't know what to be empathetic about like so when you see someone who is marginalized and oppressed empathy means i can think about what it like i can never be that person but i can wonder what would it be like for me if that were happening to me right I'd never know for sure because I'm not them, but I could at least ask the question, what would that be like? And what does that mean? But like in this case, I I don't know what to relate to. Like, I don't like, you know, um, like I know that there are, I know that there's a lot of fear wrapped up in this. I know that there's a lot of um, uh, manipulation. I know there's a lot of shame and I I know though, I guess I know that. And I I certainly know what it's like to be afraid and ashamed. So, I mean, I, I get that, but, I don't know. It doesn't feel the same. Like, I don't think you're wrong, but it's much more of a struggle for me because I'm not sure what to empathize with here. You know, Um, it's much easier to have empathy for someone who is being oppressed than like, can you have empathy for people who are oppressing? Like, 
I don't know. Maybe that doesn't apply to everybody that we're talking about. I, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm I real, get it. I'm, I'm struggling with it because I don't know. I don't know what it looked like. It's not that I, I'm an empathy expert. That's not what I mean. I just mean yeah. you, in this case, I'm struggling to know what that would look like. Other than like in cases where, you know, somebody, a 15 year old who wants to get a vaccine can't because their crazy anti-vax parents won't. Well, I can, right. re- I can empathize with the kid Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, with their parents. I don't know. I don't know how, like, what's, what do I empathize with? Well, so I have a couple of thoughts. The first is, I think some of the places where empathy has been created, I haven't done this. It just, it's, it's happened within me is when I hear about somebody who is so ardently anti-vax as a regular person, I'm not talking about leaders and that that'll be my second thought where they find themselves diagnosed with COVID and they find, cause you know, Twitter and everything is still a buzz while you're dying and they will share how their regrets and they will share their, um, you know, what they're going to miss their, their kids are going to become orphans. Their, uh, spouses are going to become widows and widowers. Sometimes their spouses are dying because they've agreed to do this together of not having a vaccine. And part of me says, yeah, well, you get what you deserve type thing, or you get what you get, maybe not what you deserve, but this is the consequences of your actions. At the same time, I I feel very cold thinking and saying that, and I don't like thinking and saying that. Now, that's me personally, and for me, that's where... I would not like to feel in my last moments, this would be a very horrible thought. If I could have done something to prevent where I am and to prevent all the pain and damage that is happening right now as a result of those decisions, if I could have changed something, I would have with this new information. I I wouldn't want to be in that place. Well, no, but I think think the struggle for me is that I'm not glad when anybody dies from COVID. I mean, even I don't even if they're like, you know, some conservative radio host, which is a dangerous occupation to have these days. Um, I'm not glad when they die of COVID. But, but anybody, I think what's hard for me is like this isn't new information, but they didn't care until it affected them, right? Like look around at the world and it's not a secret. It's not hidden. It's very obvious. It's, it's, it's available and people have no, they don't care until it affects them. Like it's, it's just so breathtakingly selfish. And that doesn't let me out of my responsibility to love them because I'm, I need to love everybody. I'm not even really arguing with you as much as I'm saying it's still like, I hear you and I agree, but it's also hard in those cases because it's like, yeah, well, what about the person down the hall who who got right. a vaccine and is still dying? Or what about the kid who can't have a vaccine because he's not or she's not old enough and she's in the hospital dying? Exactly. Like that they already know about or would know about if they took any amount of time to think about someone other than themselves. And so, yes, you're right. I can empathize with the person there. And it fucking sucks that that happens, even though it was avoidable and prevent. I'm not glad about it. It's still a tragedy. It's terrible. But at the same time, I'm struggling because like, well, 
you know, like, I don't know what to say. I don't. Right. I hope I'm not coming across as callous no, here. I don't no. mean to be. I just, You're saying the same thoughts I've had is yeah. like, well, yeah. Uh, I, no, I'm not happy when anybody dies. Um, I wasn't even I, happy when Rush Limbaugh died. He didn't die from COVID. But I wasn't even happy about yeah. that. And it, if there was anybody to be happy about. And I, and I wasn't. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, what? you know what it is for me is I am really struggling with the fact is that when somebody dies, I don't, I don't feel good about it. I don't really feel much of anything. You know, mm-hmm. I, I hear that when somebody dies like this, I mean, and I'm like, well, I, I got nothing. I guess I'll go play a game. Cause like what, I, I don't know if I'm like emotionally tapped out when it comes to that sort of thing or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah. 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 And I want to certainly honor that. I, fluctuate like that was not an answer because it's not an answer for me sometimes i feel that other times like you mentioned the talk show host i don't feel it for the talk show hosts i really don't it's like well play stupid games get stupid prizes you know and that leads me like the second thing that i've thought about a lot around this is where i have put a lot of my anger are on the people who can actually make the decisions that need to be made. Like, yes, I'm frustrated as all get out when somebody on TikTok that I've never heard of before becomes viral for or viral for this stupid take that they've got, right? And they're they're no I'm a nobody, right? And they're a nobody too. I get very frustrated with that. What I get angry about are people who are in positions where they can really impact folks and they don't make the decisions that they need to make. Mm -hmm. School boards, we were talking about that before. My school board absolutely refused to give a mask mandate in in the state that I'm in. And the the chair made some batshit crazy remarks about it. And I shared them with Ryan. Mm -hmm. They're just awful. They're a doozy. Governors who are just too politically weak and cowardly to do what needs to happen. I'm not a huge fan of Biden, but for him to come out and say that there's a mandate for employers 100 and greater, he's at least trying something, right? He's at least doing something. I'm not praising Biden. I think there's a lot of problems with it. But at least he's trying to say, hey, what the fuck do we do when people are refusing to take a life-giving thing for not only them, but their community? Let's try to make them get it. And, you know, mandates are not what they – anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think think, think for me what what distills – maybe I've already said this, but what really gets it is that if this were a disease where if – you didn't get vaccinated. It was the only one. And then you got sick and that was the only one it affected. Then I'd be kind of like, okay, well, whatever, do what you want. Yeah. The problem with this one is that it affects everybody when you don't. Right. You know? And yeah. So I, maybe I'm repeating myself here, but at the same time, even in all of this, I realize that I say all the time that Jesus wants us to love our enemies. We're supposed to bless those who persecute us. And you know, for me, that's not just people who want to make it so I can't get married or maybe adopt a kid someday or whatever. I wonder if it applies to people who are, um, you know, in such a selfish spot that they won't 
protect others too. Like, what does it mean to love people? Um, are those people my enemies? I, I don't want them to be, but in a, in a sense, I think they kind of, of are enemies of everybody. And, yeah. and so like, I don't, it's why like, regardless of anything else I've said today, like it's the challenge for me that I feel like is God working on me, but I don't know any answers yet is like, okay, but you have to love your enemies, right? That's what you get so upset with people, Christians (laughs) about not doing. And (laughs) so it's like, well, okay, but then how do I bless these people who persecute me in this particular case? And not just me, I mean, right. Everybody. And honestly, I don't know. I, I know, I guess I know some things that I don't do. So like, um, I don't, it means I don't, uh, argue with people, um, when they say some kind of crazy thing, partly because it doesn't work, but partly because, especially in this case, it's maybe we all do this, but I know for me, I, it's so easy to just in your theoretically righteous anger to, um, you know, treat people very poorly when they say something like this. Like I had a, I knew somebody who said something about, uh, well, they just haven't done enough testing yet. And in my brain, I'm like, motherfucker, how many billion people have had the shot by now? What What do you, how much more testing yeah. do you need? But I didn't say that because one, it's not going to help. But two, because the way I thought that was exactly the way I should not be saying things because it's <laughs> yeah. not loving people. <laughs> right. right. So I don't know. I'm still struggling with it, but I, I do want to try to live up to what I call everybody else well everybody out for christians i mean you know like we're supposed to turn the other cheek and love our enemies and if they um you know steal your cloak give them your pants or whatever it is um that's probably not quite it but you know okay <laughs> you, know, you take my meaning you keep your same. pants <laughs> yeah, yeah but what does that look like in this case and i i think it's it's a struggle for me because my natural response is to, you know, show them the error of their ways and get them to admit that I'm smarter than them. But it's just like, that's not it. But I just, yeah. I don't know what is exactly. Well, and may, what you're bringing to my mind, and I've had this thought a few times, but Jesus told us it wouldn't be easy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he said, yeah, his yoke is light, but that was something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's that, saying yeah. like with him, <laughs> your loca- your our yoke is light. Um, but he also said that brother would go against brother, mother would go against father, and, and so on and so forth. I said that wrong, but you know what I mean. Didn't come to bring peace but a sword. Right. Yeah. And when he tells us to love our enemies, what's harder than that? I mean Enemies are people who are either actively, at the worst, actively trying to kill you. Many, we would or say today, are case, passively trying yeah, to kill me. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. like, we don't need to define enemies as people who are uh, outside of love, which is usually what enemy does, right? We're going to treat them terrible because Jesus tells us to love our enemies. That means they're inside our love, but they can still be called enemies. Mm. They're enemies of our life. Like that's why parents get so fed up with people who are asserting their freedoms selfishly, 
your freedom matters more than my kid's life. Fuck that. Apparently That's not answers, true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It turns and, out that enemies aren't all mustache twirling, tying exactly. them into train tracks kind of caricatures. <laughs> or short mustaches in the middle of their mouth. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. Although these days. So that's what comes to my mind is that maybe part of what we're feeling (laughs) is um, those of us who really strive to follow Jesus instead of a political religious amalgamation of who Jesus is, but the Jesus of the scriptures is we're experiencing how hard it is to follow, follow him in the midst of all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, it fucking sucks. I got to just make that clear, but there's just something about what Jesus says that keeps on pulling me back to that. Well, yeah. And I think the other sticking point for me is that, yes, I need to love my enemies. And yes, I think that includes everything we've been talking about and all of this kind of stuff. The hard part though, is that because it affects everybody. Like I want to be careful that I'm not, well, I have to love my enemies. So whatever happens, happens, you know? Right. Like it, I don't know, like you or I, or any of us by ourselves cannot make the pandemic go away. Believe me. I, you know, I, if it were the case, I would have happened already, <laughs> Yeah. you know? Um, but <laughs> I think, um, so I, I, like, it's not, cut and dried it's not easy because i don't i also want to like there is an element where we do have to protect each other as well um you know there is a like finding that way to resist evil without resisting the evil person i I don't know i I think that's been the thing that uh, people have been stuck on since jesus said it and anyone who was a pacifist before jesus you know what i mean like i think it's just um like militarily or not, I'm just saying anyone who goes for the love your enemy or that type of approach to life. um, I don't know. I think that's the struggle. But in this case, it's very easy for me to say, well, if it's just affecting me, I can just let myself be persecuted because I'm not supposed to resist. It's very different though, when we're talking about something that affects people's children and people's grandparents and people's spouses, whatever, you know, like, Um, so that, that's, that's another wrinkle in a very wrinkled thing, uh, for me. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent because loving your enemy comes with, um, you know, loving all people and loving the oppressed who are seen as the enemy of a, a majority culture or majority population. And, uh, right now. It's many different people, but right now it's kids. Kids are not, they're not able to protect themselves. We're not able to protect them the way we want to. And there are people actively making it harder for them to stay well. Right. And so we want to both love our enemies and take care of our children in this example. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but it is very tricky and money and messy. and horrible to have to do that yeah it's uh i was gonna say it's a pickle but i think it's more than a pickle <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a pickle wrapped in bacon thrown in mud and and, and drowning deep fried because we're yeah. in america yeah <laughs> i just i don't know i don't know but 
That's kind of what I've been thinking about is I, something that I try to do and and I don't do it all that often because it sucks (laughs) is I, I will sometimes pray and ask God to give me forgiveness for people that I just don't have it for. You know, sometimes, especially with people you love, it's easy, easier to forgive someone when they've done something to you, right? It may not be immediate and it might hurt. It doesn't make it didn't happen, but like, you know, um, it's a lot easier for me to forgive Daniel than it is for me to forgive people I don't have a face for. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I think, um, forgiveness like this doesn't necessarily come from us. So I I try to ask for that. And so I think in this case, I'm trying to figure out how do I, like I ask God, give me this love that I don't have. It's not there. I've looked under every rock. (laughs) It ain't there. It might've been there and I got rid of it because it feels, it felt better to to be angry, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the prayer now is like, with all of that, help me know what it looks like to figure, like, what do I do? Like, I mean, not in the sense that, you know, that means I have to solve this by myself because nobody can, but, you know, I don't know. What does it look like? How do I do it? Help me figure it out and and help me when presented with the opportunity, (laughs) uh, help me respond in grace and peace and not go get fucked, you stupid moron or whatever the case, (laughs) whatever thing I might want to say, you know? And so, I wish I could say that I pray that prayer and then it's all good. It's not. And some days I'm like, I'm not praying that prayer. That's a shitty prayer, you know? Well, it is, but it's probably the one I should be praying all the time. Um, You know, maybe, maybe I I guess my heart needs to change too. (laughs) And I hate saying that because it's much more fun to say, well, I'm right and everybody else is shit. But, but if I'm being honest, my heart needs to change too. I just don't know exactly what that looks like or how best to do that. Yeah, and I would add, I, I have found something that's helped me tremendously, not answer any of the questions. I mean, if anything, our last 20, 30 minutes has shown that we, we don't have the answers. If we had it, we'd have told, I promise, yeah. I'd have bought a Skywriter in every major, I don't know how, but I'm just saying, we'd have got, yeah. we've gotten the word out if we had it. Where I've found things to be more helpful is take that energy that I want against other people and put it into those areas that are for other people. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, right now, I'm fighting the school board because I'm fighting for my kids. My wife's fighting for the school board. We're part of a local organization that's trying to do this where the northern school counties sued the state for a mask mandate it just drives me nuts which is fantastic yet also what is going on in the world <laughs> i know yeah uh so we're trying to get a mask mandate at our school our superintendents on board so what we're doing is we're encouraging that person but the school board is not So we're individually and corporately emailing them. We're supporting those that have the opportunity to go to the school board meetings because we're not able to, uh, at least so far, the ones that they've had. We're trying to put our energy that we would, at least I'm speaking for myself, the energy that I would usually save to be against people, you know, that Facebook debate energy that I used to have and put that into something else. Now, it doesn't 
change a whole lot, except for I do feel a little bit more like, you know, that old adage, you can't complain about anything if you don't vote. Like if you didn't vote for the last election, you know, that's all nonsense because people still do it. But the truth behind that is if you're not going to participate, then what the fuck are you complaining about? So part of me for, for what I want to lean into is I need to participate and fight for the things that matter for me right now. Uh, maybe that's to give me a little bit of control. I don't know. But for me, it's more like, hey, I'm at least trying to get something done here in my area, in my life. And if I can't solve the whole COVID problem, but maybe if we get face masks on the kids, we don't have people going home for quarantine, getting sick, getting their grandparents or even the children dying in the hospital. Right. Yeah. And maybe it's about looking for ways, maybe they seem small, maybe they're larger, like a school board kind of thing, but maybe it's even like, uh, finding ways to positively influence people in your life, you know, either to get the vaccine or to wear a mask, or maybe you don't even say that. And maybe it's about influencing people to, to, um, be selfless instead of selfish, you know, although I, mm -hmm. I would not recommend saying, Hey, have you yeah, tried not being that. selfish. Um, <laughs> although I feel like I, I, I want to get like a, like a bumper sticker or a billboard and it's just Jesus saying, Hey, have you tried not being selfish? But, um, I don't know, like, like for me, I think about, um, you know, when I go see people for work, I get all across the spectrum. Some people, you know, are all vaccinated and very much, you know, stand eight feet away from me to the, um, you can't come in my house if you don't take the mask off, which I used to just not go in their house. Now with vaccines, it's a little, anyway, I'm just saying I get everything and, and everything in between. And so I wonder what are the ways that I can help those people wherever they're at in a way that's not, um, hey, moron, or, um, yeah, aren't, aren't, are you glad that we're the smart ones and they're all, you know, probably what we've been doing on this podcast, but <laughs> I don't know. I, like I said, it's still a struggle, but I think what I'm trying to say is I hope that I try to remind myself not to let the scope of the problem stop me from doing anything in the situations I find myself in, you know, like I, Nate, any of you listening, none of us, you know, uh, we can't stop it, the pandemic, right? But we can all do things that help the people where we're at. And, you know, that might start with you getting a vaccine and you wearing a mask or getting your family to, or maybe it starts with, um, you know, maybe one of your neighbors has COVID and so you take food to them and leave it on their doorstep so that they don't have to go to the store. And you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. there are there are other ways to do this that are, Besides arguing with people who make you so angry that you want to kick things that you're not allowed to kick because you're supposed to be nonviolent. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nuts? Balls? Yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, not a bucket because that's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, the reason I really wanted to talk about this wasn't to get to some sort of solution. I think it's necessary to talk about some things that we're trying to do, but where my heart really is right now is for those of you who are trying to figure this out, nobody knows how to navigate this right now. This is pardon the, um, the 
cliche, but this is unparalleled. It's unimaginable. We have not been here in our lifetime. And what I hope we've shown is that you can hold two things in tension and still work towards a more loving response, even if you don't know what it is. This is something that I've learned a lot about love recently, is that love is the commitment to try, to to do better. Love is not the commitment to do the right thing, although you know, we can unpack what that means specifically. Well, I hope you're doing the right thing. What you think is the right thing turns out to not be the right thing. Right. So it's got to be more than that. Love is the commitment to try to do better and better as other people see it, right? Because if you're going to love somebody, they get to decide whether or not you're being loving. Just hmm. such a scary thought, but certainly true. Uh, in my marriage, I don't get to decide if I'm being loving to my wife. She's the one that gets to decide that. Um, same with my kids. <laughs> I can think, I, hey, I really nailed that. And then I find out, no, it was crippling and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I just insured their therapist's uh, you know, yeah. job security. Um, but if we, if we dedicate ourselves not to um, asserting our position, to asserting ourselves, and instead dedicating ourselves to trying to be better and learning and adjusting what we do from what we learn, um, then I think at least we're on the right path. That doesn't give us an answer, but it gives us the way down the right path. And so I want to encourage anybody who's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, You're in good company. And that's not mine and Ryan's. That's everybody else's who's in the same boat as you are. We have no idea. (laughs) Well, we're not good company. We're Hey, speak for yourself. I'm All right, I'm not good company. company. Um, I can talk you down and make you feel stupid very easily, so I'm bad company. Well, that does sound like bad company. <laughs> anyway, the hope is is that you come away from this uh, hour and so listening to our podcast. At least my hope is that you're not alone. That's something that Ryan says a lot. Um, you aren't. Um, and we'll figure it out. It'll take some time. It'll take some work. It's not going to be fun sometimes, or at least most of the time, probably. Um, But it's okay to be where you are right now. It's okay to struggle. And it's okay some days if you say, uh, yell at somebody even in your own mind and say, well, that guy was a fucking moron. And then the next day you're like, oh, I probably should have given that person more credit. Or the next day you say, no, I wasn't hard I enough. I mean, if the stupid <laughs> hat fits. Right. That's okay. Um, just I would encourage you, and this will be my little send off. I would encourage you just to dedicate yourselves to trying to be a little better. And you get to define what that is. You get to define what that looks like. But if you're doing that, then I think you're doing the best that you can right now. And honestly, I think that's all we're asked to do is to to do the best that we can to love each other, to love our enemies. <laughs> I mean, if that was easy, uh, we wouldn't have to worry about trying. We would just do it. Um, and so that's my little encouragement to you. We're all there. It'll be okay to to take it as you take it. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, let us know how you're de- have you been dealing with all this kind of stuff. Um, your thoughts on anything we've said, or just you know, how are you feeling at this point in all of this, where it was getting better and now we're back to getting worse, and 
any of it. Um, maybe it can be somewhat cathartic for you to, to share that. Um, we don't, we're not going to share it on here unless you wanted us to or something, but just if it helps you to vent to somebody on the internet, please do so, you know, frontier faith podcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know that Nate and I are not the only ones who are tired. So I just want to recognize that for anyone else who's listening that, yeah, I'm tired of it too, but it's okay to be tired. And you know what? You might mess things up sometimes and you might think like Nate said, well, maybe I shouldn't have gotten so angry at that person. Well, okay. And ask God to help you do better next time. <laughs> you know, like I, none of us are going to do this perfectly. And and this may sound strange. I know I always end the episode saying the same thing. And, and given what we've said, it, it may sound like I don't really believe it. But even with everything I've said today, I really do think that God will still take care of us. Um, and in some way that only God can make it, uh, I do think it will be okay. I'm not going to define that for you because as we've just shown, I don't know what that means in all of this. But I do think that it's okay in the sense that God will still take care of us. 